Welcome to X of Words, a new podcast for the new status quo, created for and by X Twitter. Every episode, a new guest picks a new question for a shotgun quick listen chat. One question, two voices, 10 minutes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of X of Words. Thank you for coming back again. Uh, grateful to you. Grateful for everything. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> um, today, our guest is resident film expert, fellow podcast producer, longtime internet friend right, from back in the day. Pre-quarantine. With <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, it's me, Justin. Uh, thank you, uh, Van or Ash, for having me on. I forgot to ask you which one I should refer to you as, actually. Ash. Ash is fine. Ash is good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Ash, for having me back on, um, uh, or having me on for the first time. And uh, as I was saying before we uh, started recording, um, yeah, this really goes back to your first podcast. We were talking about like me coming on and, and doing comic stuff. And then um, my friend and co-host on one of my podcasts, The Media Mort, Wes Goodrich has been on this show a couple of times. Uh, he's yep. a big X-Men nerd. Um, and yeah, it just took a while for me to figure out what would be the best thing to talk about. But Ash suggested a really good topic. Um, as a bit of background about me, I'm from Harlem, New York. Uh, I'm an actor and writer alongside being a podcast producer. And um, yeah, I, I study film at Pace University. I'm very much into comic books, always have been. I collected encyclopedias as a kid. I had like, you know, those little like power rankings uh, memorized <laughs> per per character and stuff. Memorized. Yeah, I mean, not anymore. But back back then, I was like able to tell you, oh, Magneto had like this much energy projection, and like, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably knocking around in there somewhere <laughs> yeah. if I hit my head hard enough. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 really happy to be on the show today. Thank you, and it's I mean, it's a long time coming. Yes, yeah. um, we so Justin was one of the first people to ever message me saying that they'd like to be on a podcast. So in a way, his interest and Leon's interest were the things that created X of Words. Oh. They were the things that set, yeah, you, you <laughs> two set the balls in motion for this podcast to be a thing. So mm. I'm really glad to have you here. You guys can follow Justin at underscore Winley underscore. That's underscore W-I-N-L-E-Y underscore. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So today, because Justin loves films, also, you know, if you've got time, and you do have time, because this is short, go and check out Media Morgue, incredible new podcast about films, super funny, and you also get to watch it. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's, there's four of us, there's me and three other folks. And uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it's me, Wes, my friend Danny, and my friend Zach. So it's a, it's a, it's a quorum. But Harlem's very own, the other one that I run, does have three co-hosts. It's me and two other people. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy enough to run two different podcasts that both average between an hour and 40 and two hours. So, Wow. I mean, I mean yes, yes. So <laughs> check. If you want to hear more of his dulcet tones, check both of the podcasts out. Um, he probably doesn't make embarrassing mistakes. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. <laughs> Um, okay, so today's question is, uh, as Justin loves films, uh, and as we love X-Men, what is the best X-Men film? Mm. I don't think there's anybody with more expertise. Uh, 
to talk about this question that I know anyway, uh, than Justin. So now that you know me, now that you know Justin, now you know how many people are on his podcast. And now you know the question, <laughs> our X starts now. Got it. So um, back when I first decided to make a Letterboxd account, the very first movie I wrote a review for and the movie that I'll be arguing for today is X2, X-Men United. Um, I know some people might have expected me to go for one of the reboot prequel uh, situations, but I think that X2 is... Uh, I, I joked before we started recording that I think the list of good X-Men movies starts and ends with X2. That's not entirely true. But I do think that it gets a lot of things right. Um, and I think that it's kind of in that era where superhero movies were just figuring out this is how you make a good superhero movie. Um, yeah. And I think you have like the original cast is, 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 is back with a bunch of chemistry. They have banter to spare. Um, obviously Hugh Jackman is, uh, you know, you can kind of see how he was the star of that franchise for 17 years. Which <laughs> yes. Is a whopping number to, to think about. Um, but uh, he's, he's got, you know, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart and Famke Jansen all kind of holding a, equal weight next to him. Uh, I think this is one of Ian McKellen's, one of my favorite performances as Magneto. He's like catty the whole way through, making jokes about Rogue's hair and whatnot. And you have Patrick Stewart being very like stoic and secretive um, and really giving that more sinister edge, starting to reveal that more sinister edge of Professor X, that more egocentric edge. Um, Yes. And then you have Famke Jensen as Jean Grey, who's obviously on the precipice of turning into the Dark Phoenix, which we're not going to talk about. because I think both of those movies are the worst in their respective uh, series. The dark, like they they did they tried Dark Phoenix twice and they messed <laughs> it up twice. Um, yes. But uh, and then you also have Rebecca Romaine, who is underrated for that whole trilogy. Um, you know, I mean, really paving the way for the entire Guardians of the Galaxy cast as far as like getting painted, sitting in a makeup chair for like got to be eight ten hours back then. Yes. Yeah. And so totally committed. And and still. Still the best mystique. I think I think that probably sits up there with some of the best X-Men casting of all time. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. And, you know, as a kid, I was like, oh, well, doesn't she, isn't she supposed to have, like, the white nun outfit or whatever? And, like, but I, I think it really works. Like, she's just so liberated. And if she can turn into anyone she wants and, like, make clothes appear on her, then why would she walk around with clothing? <laughs> I mean, this is one of the base questions about mystique. Is she always naked? Mm. Or is she never naked? Mm. Like, wh- is are her clothes her skin? <laughs> and it's pretty gross to think about. <laughs> yeah, it, it is uh, because well, if you th- if you think about, it, she always has to be naked because for her to be for her to be an effective shapeshifter, she can't always be wearing her white one piece, right? Because then you just look for the old guy in the white one piece, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but thigh high boots, so, yeah, with the skull necklace. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. Uh, and then, as far as like the 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 rest of the cast, um, mm-hmm. the really the the standout for me here is Brian Cox, uh, who I think is uh, as William Stryker, the best villain that the X Men franchise has had. Um, because Magneto isn't a villain by literally this movie; he's an antihero. And then, for I mean, he's kind of a villain again in Last Stand. Um, mm-hmm. But then in the entire prequel series, he's just an anti-hero, vigil- you know, like, and it's, it's, 
the sort of uh, it's the Loki phenomenon, right? Where this guy in the comics is, even though Magneto has always been pretty relatable because of the the Holocaust connection, and you understand why he's doing what he's doing, um, mm-hmm. but they turn him into a into a bit of a rogue, and they don't really want to go full uh, full throttle with making him a villain. Uh, and if they do, it's they have to then like traumatize him again. So like in <laughs> in apocalypse his his you know serbian family gets assassinated in front of him yeah which is what precipitates him uh joining the horsemen Mm. but i think brian cox here is is just great he's like a regular dude who's just pure evil because he's bigoted and um he represents so much on like a meta level but then within the movie is like this perfect equal this inverse i would say of of xavier where you know he's he's um he wants to find mutants exclusively to eliminate them. Uh, and he's just as brilliant as Charles is, but he's just committed to something darker and he's turned his son into a weapon of mass telepathic <laughs> yes. destruction. Yeah. Um, yes. So just pure, pure vendetta. But then he also has this twisted relationship to uh, Logan, which is also kind of closing out, closing the book on his amnesia saga, you know, mm. at least in those early movies. Uh, him finding out his past. So I think it's just, it's great. And you have Lady Deathstrike, um, a version of her, which I think is is cool. Yeah, they didn't need to do the whole cyborg thing. I think having her as a as another um, victim of Stryker's uh, war on mutants is really appropriate. And, and I think you kind of, they take a risk with making her death sad, you know, like when, yeah. when Logan has to kill her and she, she kind of comes back to humanity for a second. Um, but I think it works. Because yeah, like I said, Cox uh, Cox's um, striker is really just trying to pit all these creatures, as he sees it, against each other, um, so that he can uh, have his way. So yeah, I just think it's a really solid movie, um, and and I, I'm ready to defend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're you're so right because I don't think I'd even really uh, considered how layered an enemy or layered an antagonist he was. I'd actually forgotten about his son mm-hmm. being a mutant and being able to cast those illusions. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's a really, really, it's a really good portrayal of how uh, hatred, commodification, mm-hmm. and um, and exploitation mm-hmm. all sit together. Right. Because he hates you, but that doesn't that didn't stop him surrounding himself right. with mutants. It didn't stop him turning every mutant that he saw into a literal mute weapon right. to kill other mutants, even at the cost of his son. Which, in uh, obviously, please, because we even though we prep for these episodes, yeah, we don't like we don't twenty four hour prep. Right. So I just figured out what I just figured out what Justin's favorite movie was right now along with you um so I'm going off my kind of shaky recollection of X2 um but he isn't he isn't completely cold towards his son Mm. and um you're right it is a really really dynamic dynamic character yeah he's Um, he's able to what he's able to do even though he doesn't care about Jason he's able to make Jason think that he does yeah, and and Jason's like because he's basically lobotomized him so that he can only use his powers. Like he can't function as a regular human being, and so yeah, uh, he's able to convince Jason 
that, well, if you keep doing this stuff that I need you to do, then like, maybe I'll love you type of thing. But you're right. And that he also recognizes um, the usefulness of mutant powers for his purposes. Um, and he even, you know, there's a point I remember him telling um, Magneto, like, well, this serum wouldn't work on you. You're too powerful for that. But, only, you know, but it's like what he doesn't say is like, if it could, then like, I'd have this in the bag, right? I'd have like, you know, <laughs> a category five mutant. But he, he manipulates, um, uh, obviously, Lady Deathstrike, his own son, and also Cyclops at one point. Yes. He's able to turn Cyclops against uh, Jean and then uh, winds up screwing himself over because their fight breaks the dam. And then that's how the whole climax starts. Really uh, tense climax, too. You also have um, one of the best, and I mean like, in superhero movies, period, one of the best action sequences here, too, really, with okay. Nightcrawler's invasion of the White House, yes, um, under the influence of Stryker, and then also the invasion of uh, the of Xavier Manor and Wolverine's defense of it, and now like with the double claws. Now, when you're old enough to realize it's a little bit silly that he doesn't get blood on his claws for this entire fight, that takes you out of it a bit. Um, but I still think that like. It's it's always gratifying for me to see superheroes in plain clothes, like doing superhero stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I it's just I always love. Why is that? Things. I don't know. It's just something like I always love those issues where you know the the superheroes are at a wedding or something. Like you know, it's like the Justice League at a wedding, and Brainiac starts blowing up a building, so they have to, you know, yeah, they have to get after it. And and that's really like all of the defenders. Like Luke Cage wears a t shirt, and that's pretty much his his costume. Um, yes, but yeah, I I think it's it's cool to kind of because um, it's while we're humanizing them we have to see them do these superhuman things and it's a nice contrast usually uh yeah and then you also get your first appearance of colossus in that movie um, yes mm -hmm. yeah saving saving the kids in the mansion yeah 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 and I remember you, that. you get a you get kitty pride too um kind of running through walls and stuff and you get siren uh she's like they did like the those old x-men movies were great for having like little cameos like Ooh, who do you think this is even though they didn't <laughs> name them yes um, yeah and, and siren was oh right. oh there we go that is it <laughs> um so i think we've got like a minute so yeah. thank you thank you i i kind of agree my my one was going to be logan my one was going to be logan but basically yeah. because um not because of logan I like it because of Professor X uh, and the fact that even though it's meant to be Wolverine's last stand, it's actually a film about Professor X's last stand mm -hmm. and about Laura's first stand. Mm -hmm. And I actually liked those two characters together and it just felt like Wolverine was a go-between between two really compelling characters. Right. One that was on their way out and the other one that was on their way in. Yes, he's pinning um, the generations. Exactly, and then also Richter. <laughs> right, the little snippets that we have of Richter. Like for all the franchise, franchises that they make, I feel like that was a really powerful start mm. of something new that could have been built off that I'd love to see being built off. But um, sure. yours was a far more interrogative and <laughs> uh, elevated analysis. No, I mean, there's so much. Right? It's, it's X of words, there's 10 minutes, but there, there's obviously so much to talk about with all these movies. I mean, I really yeah. like Logan. Um, I actually, I mean, obviously X-Men Origins is a nightmare, but um, I recently rewatched The Wolverine where he's in Japan. And like, yeah, that's yeah. a fun movie. 
I, I, you know, I basically one point that I, I didn't get to make with um, X2 is that it kind of for the original X-Men trilogy is what Age of Ultron is for the Avengers movies. It's that you yeah. get to see these characters in their prime kind of as a team, just having an adventure before things go south with the last stand in terms of the stakes, like the stakes are so elevated. I mean, they're pretty high in, in X2 as well. Um, but you get to see that sort of like that camaraderie between them that makes them a team, which is all of what Age of Ultron is about with the witty back and forth. And so yeah. that's 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 why like I think X two has the highest rewatch value at least of those first three movies because you're over the growing pains of the first movie the origin story and you don't have to deal with the the morose like this is the final chapter you're right in yeah. the middle you can cut it on in the middle of the day and have a good time okay uh, and just before we tie up I'm going to ask you um, a difficult and maybe kind of cruel question mm. one sentence to fully sum up your feelings on New Mutants. I have not seen it, and that doesn't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Good, good. That's the perfect way to end an episode. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, (laughs) Thank you, Justin, for coming in. And... um, and sitting with me for 10 minutes. It was great to chat to you for the first time. I hope you come back again. I hope you, we see you loads of times, giving us all your wisdom about films. Um, thank you to everybody who's listening. I've been Ash. I've been Justin. And, and, and this has been Eggs of Words. Eggs. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Right. Someone that choke, someone I feel inside.